Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, sponsored by Glueware, we discuss automating cloud networks. Our guest is Mike Howe, VP of Product Marketing at Glueware, and Mike is going to walk us through how a customer is using Glueware and Terraform to stand up infrastructure in AWS. Mike, welcome to the podcast. And just to get folks familiar with Glueware, can you give us a quick overview of the company and what it does? Sure. Thanks, uh, Drew and Greg. Great to be here with you guys today. We've been on the show before, so hopefully people are familiar. If not, Glueware is an intelligent network automation platform that is built to automate multi-vendor and multi-domain networks through intelligent, intent-based declarative automation. We automate brownfield and greenfield. We're built for network engineers, so you don't have to go and learn programming. And we've onboarded over 30 operating systems, providing a suite of applications to do things like automated network discovery and config drift and audit, configuration management, workflow automation, and much more. So that's uh, that's kind of the basics on Glueware. All right. So you were working with a customer, you had a customer engagement to do their on-premises resources, their data center, but at the last minute, they wanted to test you out in the cloud. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, we're working with a customer from last year, and it was an ongoing evaluation for a pretty big expansion of the use of Glueware to automate their network. And in our December announcement, we uh, when we announced Glueware 4.0, part of that announcement was announcing the onboarding of Terraform as a vendor adapter and the ability to automate cloud. So as a customer picked up this announcement, they said, hey, Glueware, we'd love to see if you can meet our requirements because we're going pretty full bore into the, the cloud domain. And um, we'd like to see if you can help. Okay, my understanding is they were essentially running a proof of concept, building out pods in AWS, uh, and there were a lot of clicks. They had to do a lot of manual work and they wanted to bring more automation to that. Yeah, as you know, you, you find when you, you dive into a proof of concept with a customer and you're helping them, you get into the details. And it, it wasn't like a simple, hey, Glueware, we want to see you spin up a VPC and something basic. They actually came to us and said, look, we have a new team on this. We're deploying. We have a goal to deploy data center in the cloud. At, you know, It's kind of a new concept for this organization. And they want to really formalize how they deliver cloud for internal consumption, internal app development as they move workloads. And so they had this pod design that they're spinning up in AWS and it was complicated. You know, it was multiple VPCs. It uh, the heart of it was a, a transit gateway, which adds complexity. You had internet gateway. You had you know multiple EC2 instances and security groups. And as you you know can imagine, without visualizing it here, it was a pretty in-depth pod. These pod architectures are really a way of building a structure or a consistency around application deployments. You build a pod, and in each pod is a DNS and on authentication and security firewalls and so forth. And the idea is, is that instead of having an app and then sharing it all, each pod has its own, is like a mini data center in a way, you know, it's, and, and so if you want to do something with that app and you change the firewall, you're only changing the firewall for that app. And the challenge of course is, well, that's great because now everything's nice and segmented and isolated, but now you've your, your requirements for setting up a pod and even worse, maintaining a pod are phenomenal because you might, if you've got 20 apps, you've got 20 pods and you've got 20 firewalls, 20 DNS servers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly, Greg. And, you know, as you look at it, as a network engineer, you know, historically, and a lot of folks on this line are network engineers and not cloud developers and things. I think the beauty of the pod design is the transit gateway because it starts to bring order to networking and really the network connectivity of the VPCs, the connectivity in this case of their direct connect gateways, how how the VPN connects in. And so uh, 
what I liked about the, the pod design is it really does bring structure and order and it aligns with mm. other corporate requirements like compliance. Like you mentioned, you can have firewall yeah. load balancing. You're bringing all the network constructs, but you're defining it as it exists in the cloud. By making it a standard design, the so-called pod, they have it repeatable. So they can spin more of these up. They can, you know, it's a nice reusable so where, design. So where's the Terraform come in then? So the Terraform is what people are using to configure the cloud and then Glueware drives the Terraform? Yeah, that's a great question. So. When when they showed us this pod and they actually you know showed it to us a little bit you know through PowerPoint and a little bit through Amazon Web Services, when if you were to build this pod in the through the AWS portal through AWS, you really have two main options like directly through them. There's more than two, but the two main ones are you you log into the portal and you go build the constructs. When yeah. you're first building, that's how you do it. And trust me, it is a lot of clicks. And those of you who have done it, <laughs> gone up on VPCs and security groups and EC2 instances. It's a lot of clicks. So we're talking probably thousands of clicks ultimately when you look at this pod design. Where Terraform comes into play is Terraform has a, a very elegant design. And in fact, the Terraform approach uh, with, uh, they kind of consider, you know, if you consider the, the Terraform platform as a generic infrastructure as code platform. Right. They have this concept of a Terraform engine. The Terraform engine kind of normalizes things into their constructs. Then they have a provider adapter that speaks native to that whatever provider. In this case, it's an Amazon Web Services provider. And they've essentially built a mapping to a Terraform resources that they've broke it down into the current AWS plugin is like 644 resources, 222 yeah. data sources. So it's it becomes these kind of abstracted Terraform constructs yeah. that you use. It gets really messy really quickly because you've just got so many moving pieces going on here. But I think question. the challenge here was that they had done a lot of this work already and then Glueware had to come along and work on top of it. Is that right? Well, kind of. You know, if you look at, and, and this is, uh, I would say, also one of the challenges with Terraform, with their design, what they've done was spin up one of these pods. And, mm. you know, the, the issue is, is that kind of, if you were then going to try to automate that ongoing, you're kind of automating a kind of a brownfield cloud. And to be honest with you, Terraform is not great at that. Terraform is not great at taking something that's already deployed and automating it. But what you yeah. normally do is you take a design you've done in the cloud, like, like this pod design, then you apply automation to it and to make it repeatable, not, not necessarily automate that instance. But you want to take what you've done and then make that re a repeatable design. So that initial instance is really for proof of concept. In AWS, you have the you have the option of automating through cloud formation, but it's similar. You'd go off and learn you'd learn JSON and YAML, and you would learn how to build it through their their native thing. The beauty of Terraform is once you learn or adopt the Terraform approach, the same approach can apply to different clouds. And this particular customer is AWS today. It's Azure in the near future, and they see themselves going to Google. So when they looked at a, an automation solution, they liked the fact that Glueware was leveraging Terraform because it does provide a model that is adaptable to other clouds. So can you help me understand then what Glueware is bringing to the party if Terraform's already got sort of the basic template and kicks off a lot of that infrastructure automation? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Drew, as well, because, you know, with Terraform, what Terraform is really good at is if you have your everything defined in that file, you push it to the engine and the engine spins up the instance. 
what Terraform is really difficult, especially for like, you know, network engineering types is that if you've ever looked at consuming Terraform, it, it looks like a developer tool set. It, you got to download pieces from GitHub. You got to get, you, you got to spin up containerization. You got to install the engine and the provider. You got to work in HashiCorp's config language, HCL. So it really feels like a developer centric language. When you look at what Glueware did, we were able to take the HashiCorp config modeling language and map it right into our config management approach, which is which is a config modeling. And we're able to actually wrap you know, abstraction and order and reusability and make it look more like, you know, break it down into concepts that network engineers know, like here are your route maps and here's your security group and really de- deconstruct it make it consumable where you're not having to spin up an editor like Visual Studio or Notepad++ and edit raw HashiCorp config language. So we add a lot of intelligence and abstraction around the config. So the notion is that I, the network engineer, would come into the Glueware console to do my part of this infrastructure with all the networking pieces, maybe some security and compliance stuff. And through Glueware, it pushes it into a, a format that Terraform understands, which then goes into the cloud and does its stuff to set up that infrastructure? That's exactly right. We ultimately render the Terraform file. We send it to the underlying engine that's onboarded as part of the Glueware platform. And then when, when you're actually provisioning, we're instantiating that Terraform engine to spin up that infrastructure. Now, again, the beauty of it too is that if customers are already using Glueware for their on-prem networking, the the the, the look and the feel is and the is approach is the same. The way you manage your network infrastructure, you know, Cisco routers and Palo Alto firewalls or whatever it may be is the same through Glueware. So it kind of unifies the approach. And that actually ties into another piece of this story with this particular customer as we kind of progress the conversation. And is that about uh, doing iOS because they're running Cisco virtual routers in the cloud? It, exactly, Drew. So part of their pod design, and and I'll just comment to say that, you know, this customer, like probably a lot, the way in which you network to the cloud and in the cloud is kind of always changing. You maybe your VPN today, then you go direct connect, then you're a mix of direct connect and VPN. One of the requirements they have now, and it's an evolving, again, an evolving design, but one of the EC2 instances they spin up in the pod is actually a Cisco iOS router that they configure, configure DMVPN for. So a form of VPN mm. to enable branch sites to connect directly into cloud resources. So as we spun up, as we work with them in this pod and we onboarded it, we spun up the instance through Terraform, and we, as part of that instance, you're spinning up a Cisco IOS router that sits inside the VPC. Well, what Gluer is also able to do, we dusted off something that we did way back in fall of 18 around an ONUG POC, which was automating AWS natively, yeah. which is we're able to make native API calls to AWS to say, hey, what is the, what is the uh, public IP assigned to that router? We're able to load that into the system, and then we talk native iOS to the router and configure it. So one of the downfalls of Terraform and other uh, automation constructs for cloud is you spin up the cloud instance, but if it's not a native construct, if you're using a Cisco or a Palo Alto or an F5. If you're not using the proprietary cloud products or the proprietary cloud. Like the thing that so many people forget is that AWS, Google, Azure, they're proprietary. So you can use Terraform to orchestrate AWS functions. But as soon as you stop doing AWS functions, Terraform kind of, the wheels fall off in the nicest possible way, right? Yeah, it just stops, Greg. And then you need something else to do the rest. Cover that gap, right? Yeah. 
And and so then you need, and this is true for just about all the public clouds, unless you're 100% saying I'm only going to use whatever it is that this uh, proprietary cloud, the proprietary tools of each cloud, they're fine tools. It's not a criticism of the tools, but they are proprietary. Then that's fine. But what you'll find is eventually that the cloud doesn't have a feature or function or product that you need and you need to do something. And then all of a sudden your orchestration chain or your automation chain breaks down. It's like literally a chain, isn't it? And the yeah. Terraform can do lots of great things, but it doesn't do everything. The other piece, Greg, that I think is a misconception is like Terraform's only for day one. What you're going to find, especially with, or day zero kind of spin up the infrastructure, what you yeah. find, especially as this customer has moved to a transit gateway as being kind of the hub of who can talk to who, you can think of it like a connectivity matrix where you're defining routes that you know define ingress and egress rules. The ongoing automation will be actually changing and maintaining those rules. Right. And the more and more they, they are going to move away from, you know, let's say they're going to centralize on, on other options on how they connect. But in the day two, engineers will go in and they will be able to fine tune and add permissions and controls through the transit gateway. And so there is a, there is a notion of day two where you're still changing. And with Terraform, you change the whole TF file, but you're only updating, you know, let's say your transit gateway rules. Yeah. It is able to do declarative provisioning and then only push those changes into the instance. So you do actually do ongoing automation, leveraging Terraform still. But again, you yeah. do it through yeah. Blueware. So this is this idea that Terraform itself is a is a is a great product, limited to what the features of the cloud it has. So it's only able to cover the spectrum of the features in the public cloud. It's not can't do. It's it's expanding into the on-prem, but it's not there. What you're also alluding to is it's not an operational platform. It can't do ads, moves, and changes as so well. Yeah, or, but when you wrap Glueware around it, you really then begin to leverage it and operate it as a network engineer doing things you normally do on, on the network maintenance. You know, you're, you're changing ACLs, maybe you're changing, you know, a, a load balancer parameter, you're changing a security group. So you're doing that kind of day two maintenance to expand uh, as the application requirements so, change. So, so sometimes I think of Glueware as an automation engine and you provide a bunch of southbound integrations, like especially for Cisco routers and right. you know different brands of routers. And you've got, as you said, 30 different brands. That's right. But what you're actually doing here is saying Terraform is a, another southbound thing. And you're sort of adding yeah. just alongside of your Cisco functionality and your you know, 29 other vendors. You're just saying, here's Terraform, treat it like another one. But in this case, this customer had the need to do all the things. And where it's such a great fit for Glueware is when we onboarded AWS natively, we built the adapter to speak native API to, to uh, Azure. Sorry, to we've done Azure as well, but to AWS. And it's mm. a custom API. It's XML over HTTPS. So we onboarded it. But it, as you can imagine, everything you do in AWS is an API call. So there's got to be hundreds of thousands, maybe, maybe millions of actual API calls. So you wouldn't really want to onboard the entire API library. In fact, it might be kind of impossible natively. However, by leveraging Terraform, you get the full power essentially of the AWS API and you're able to leverage that Terraform adapter. Then by leveraging Terraform, any provider that's published, and there's quite a few of them now, but in our case, we started with the, the major public clouds of you know, uh, AWS and Azure and yeah. Google to start, mm. but really any any provider we can onboard into Glueware. So it really expands 
the, the capability of Glueware, and it saves us from having to do custom onboarding of every API library out there. So if I was just going to sum it up, to me, it sounds like the value is that I, as a network engineer, can use Glueware as sort of my abstraction layer to do to be use familiar constructs that can send that then get sent to Terraform, which then can Terraform becomes the abstraction layer for whatever public cloud my developers happen to be working with. And the other side of that is that I also get to maintain pace and velocity with the development house who are spinning up infrastructure in Terraform. Exactly. Without the learning curve of Terraform, without the building it right. of your own system, because I get to do the, it all through Glueware. Yeah, you do it all through Glueware. Constructs. You have. You have your API credentials in there, and it, you just sign in as a network user administrator, and you can administrate the cloud resources as easily as you do your networking today. Well, Mike, uh, we've run out of time, but if folks want to find out more about Glueware and all the integrations you do and all the automation and orchestration you can do for networking, where would they go? Yeah, Drew, they can go to Glueware.com, and we even have a special portal set up for packet pushers at Glueware.com slash packet dash pushers. You can have links to other episodes that we've done, as well as we're going to link some specific material around what we've discussed here with Terraform. Fantastic. All right. That's gluer.com slash packet dash pushers. Uh, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. And thanks to Glueware for being a sponsor. And as always, thank you for being a listener. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>